This is the Hunt, Fish, and Serve podcast, hosted by Ethan Evans and Tyler Swenson. Today we'll be on the topic of foraging in the Midwest, discussing what to look for, what's edible, and the importance of knowing what you are harvesting. So a quick safety disclaimer, um, definitely do your research before you pick or eat any of the things we're going to talk about in this podcast, whether you, a lot of these items you're going to find out in the woods or find out in a ditch. And especially all of this is going on during turkey season. And I've, I've ran into hunters before out mushroom hunting. I felt real bad, but. Yeah. I mean, you just got to be conscious of like, if you see somebody else out at like the trailhead or at where the parking spot is, I mean, you just got to realize they might not be mushroom hunting. They must, might also be turkey hunting. So just yeah. be respectful about that. And like, I probably won't go out walking around in like camo or wearing a turkey head out there. No, because uh, it was pretty unfortunate. I was just going out mushroom hunting just like any other day and started walking out into the woods, me and a buddy. And all of a sudden we look over and we're like, huh, you know, it's looks like a pile of leaves. And, and he goes, hello? <laughs> <laughs> and the turkey hunter's like, yeah. And oh, we're oh. like, we're like, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry, man, because I'm not out to wreck anybody's hunt or anything. It, yeah. it happens, though. I mean, I guess a good story to say is like what the safety disclaimer was. We ran into our first fake morale this year. Yeah, we did. Because I mean, like, I don't know if you thought, but like, I've heard people say it and I just kind of thought it was like a like BS kind of when I thought about it before. Yeah, because I, I see it on Facebook all the time and I, I always think we're never going to run into something like that. Yeah. And here it was, what, it was growing, it was growing next to an elm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was exactly where you'd see one, like down kind of like a swampy, marshy kind of place yeah, and it definitely looked a little off the top of it, or I don't know what the correct terminology is for it, but it wasn't um, normal like the other ones we see around here. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to, like, scare anybody away, but, like, if that probably would have been my first time ever mushroom hunting, like, I would have been, I, I would have, like, been conscious of it because it would does look different than everything else, but just, yeah. like, with that first time going out, you get to be really careful about those, too. Yeah, and I guess with the disclaimer... Foraging and mushroom hunting, like you said, Ethan, it's nothing to, we're not trying to scare you. Just be conscious of what you're picking, go and do a lot of research or even go with somebody um, who's done it quite a bit before because they know what they're looking for and they'll usually bring you to the spot and say, this is, once once you see a morel for the first time on the ground, you'll never forget about it. Yeah, exactly. And also with that, when we're talking about just hunting in general, you know, if you even like if you're your first time mushroom hunter, it's a really good way to get out and just kind of explore some local woods that you might never walk through and just like for scouting for like deer season ahead of time or even turkey season. So, yeah. And for me, it's just fun being out in the woods. I really enjoy it smelling the fresh spring air. And, um, I don't know, like you said, you see a lot of spots you usually don't see. I walk all over where we live looking for mushrooms. Sometimes there's not a lot of success, but. It's, yeah. it's fun putting some miles on. Yeah, I hate to say it, but like, honestly, if it wasn't for mushrooms, I don't know if I would have really walked in a lot of those places before. <laughs> no, you see a lot of neat things out there. I mean, just in little old Iowa. Um, So I guess let's get into the mushroom hunting. We've been talking about it for a little bit here, but specifics. Like that's a, that's the number one thing people forage for, right? Like that's Eat. like when people think about foraging or mushroom hunting, it's more out. It's like the main thing. Yeah, because the first thing you think of if you've never been into it, I'm sure is like, hey, I'm going to go mushroom hunting and 
you know a little about it, you're going to be like, oh, Morels, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty competitive out there. Yeah, like how much pressure is there really out there? Uh, I know the spots that I hunt. Um, the problem is, is all the retired guys, which I get, I would, <laughs> I would do the same. They're out there during the day when I'm at work, yeah, picking mushrooms and foraging for mushrooms, and then I get off of work, and in my head I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go out mushroom hunting, and usually don't have much success that ways. But on the weekends is when I really get them. But I think like also like I think there's a strong distinction being made between foraging and like mushroom hunting, because I think like mushroom hunting is like you're competing with a lot of people, and it's not just like you go outside and it's like buttloads there. Yeah. Like you're kicking around, you're like you're putting miles and like what's the average like how many miles do you think you walk on average on a weekend? On one weekend yeah. or one day? Or one day, I guess I should say. One day I probably walk at least three miles through the woods. Yeah, which is quite a bit because like, I mean our parcels of land like aren't huge by any means. But no, they're not. And especially I don't I'm not successful all the time mushroom hunting. You just the thing with me is don't find one tree, go to the next. Don't find some in one spot, drive to the next, get out of your car and walk a little more. Yeah, I mean, like, I think the biggest thing, too, is, like, especially, like, when I first started and went with you, like, I think I had a bad concept- perception of it where I was, like, kind of getting discouraged pretty easily. But, like, some of those really experienced guys, like, can go seasons without some. Oh, yeah. La- last season was a really bad season. I I don't think I... Oh, I think I found three mushrooms three or four but they were really big they probably stood well i gave you one how yeah. they're they probably stood 10 inches tall or oh, yeah, something like that one. yeah biggest big biggest morel i've ever found yeah that was a really cool experience but you know i think someone else that it's kind of off topic but what tyler and i are gonna start doing too this year with training for backcountry hunts i think we're gonna take our packs and just put some weight and i'm gonna ruck around with them too yeah it's kind of like killing two birds with one stone again it's a good it's a definitely a good way of training yourself and I got new boots. You just got new boots and yeah. it's going to be a really good way of putting miles on those boots. Cause I want to get a lot of miles on before we actually go out there. Yeah. It's, I mean like it's not super similar country, but I mean, it's definitely better than like walking a local track, I would say. <laughs> oh, for sure. Because it, it doesn't seem like it, but especially getting through, through, um, through some of the brush and, um, some of the, it does get kind of hilly back in those woods. Oh yeah. Battling those. I mean, it sounds stupid because it's <laughs> Iowa, but... Yeah, no, like, I don't think people really understand. But, yeah, there is some definitely some little elevation change here and there. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm tired after a day of mushroom hunting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that... um, You went with me, not last season, but the season before, too, right? Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, and we got into a pretty good patch that one day, but that's about all we saw that season as well. Yeah, but, like, I mean, like, when, I fir- when we first came across those... Because, I mean, I think we walked right by that spot before. Yeah, I think we... Uh, this little plot of woods that I hunt all the time. I kind of, I mean, you've seen it. We kind of go in a loop. You go around the edge of the shoreline and then kind of scour the middle and then walk out. Right. Yeah. And it was when we were walking out. Yeah. Cause I was like kind of bummed. I mean, like, you know, you just like, after like everything, it's like one tree or one bush or one elm all looks the same. Or, like, I don't even know what I'm looking for anymore. And then, like, <laughs> yeah. before you know it, like, you find them and you're just like, oh my God, like, no way. And like, <laughs> You don't even know like how it happened, and and it's funny too because, like you said, you're bummed out. You know, you've just put on maybe a mile already, and you're tired, bummed out. Didn't find any mushrooms, and you find that first mushroom, and then you start looking around left and right, and there's just mushrooms like crazy. It's it's like they're popping up as you're looking for them, but yeah. they're all there hiding somewhere. 
I guess like, you know, just some crazy stuff that you said about morels is like they are just kind of like still like a very mystical or like mysterious like mushroom. They are because I don't know how much I get I guess the truth of it is now that I think of it maybe is if you don't pick it that first day, it's probably not gonna be there the next day. Yeah, and like and they just pop up overnight. Yeah, and that's like not just saying that like there's somebody else coming to pick them. Like they might not just might not be there tomorrow. If something <laughs> weird happens, there's something not even eats them, it's just like it's not there. Yeah, it's something I've it's well, everybody can't really figure out. I know there's I've seen something, some people growing them in yeah. like perfect, perfect conditions. Right. But I don't think many people have caught on to it because it is from what I understand, it is really hard to grow morels. Even even people buying spores and throwing them out in the backyard and giving it the perfect condition, you know, buy a dead tree, buy a dead elm and what's the average price for like a pound of morels? probably 40 to 50 bucks which is crazy <laughs> that is crazy so like just like putting this like in a perspective they can understand like what's the average morale size you'd say how tall probably like, probably six inches, six inches yeah. you you find a lot smaller in that probably four inches but so if you could put how many number of morels like in that pound you'd say? oh that's tough because kind of like all vary i know in size but yeah it all it all varies in size but it's i don't I don't think it's as much as you would think. Yeah, like I think people think like, oh, pound, like that's a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, like really, you're not getting much for that pound. No, at the end of the day. And the good thing about morels is you can eat the whole thing. Oh, like yeah. the whole thing tastes yeah. the same, and it's phenomenal. Yeah, like I guess, like what's like your favorite way to cook them? Uh, I would say I put them in an egg wash, and then put them in some flour, and then I batter them and some breadcrumbs or whatever, and then I just fry them in a pan with some butter. Yeah, and like we've both done it the same way. Where like we just put it like butter and just oh, yeah, that's good too. And I've I fried them with some eggs last year with some like eggs and mushrooms oh. be- because they say they taste like steak and yeah. I think so. I think they did too, which is like a really like when you told me that I was like okay, like I've had plenty of mushrooms, like <laughs> yeah. no way this tastes like. But like honestly, I think it's pretty true. Yeah, yeah, it's a. I mean, it is a fun guy. You know, that's what people think. Oh, it's just a fun guy, but it is phenomenal. You, if you haven't hunted for mushrooms, um, go out and look for them. Yeah, I mean, not like, every not everybody's willing to help because it is kind of secret. Yeah. I even have a hard time telling my buddies where the spots are. But I mean, even with like uh, mushroom, you know, kind of back to morels. I mean, you can get like pretty creative. Like anything you'd use a regular mushroom for, you could use a morel for. It's even gonna taste better than that regular mushroom. Like I've seen people throw it on pizzas and yeah, get as wild as you want with them. So. I, I want to try some morel uh, mushroom pizza. Yeah, maybe we'll have to try like a homemade one, like homemade pizza with some morels on it this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping this year is going to be better because last year I think the problem was is we didn't have enough moisture in the ground. And it kind of it kind of happened later too. Yeah. I mean, this year it's pretty warm right now and it's, what what's the date today? May 28th or yeah, something like May 28th, that? May 28th, yeah. And, no, it's not May. No, in May, March, 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 yeah. March, May, March. But anyways, uh, so I guess like when is a good time to like even start like thinking about going to look out for morels? Uh, what I've heard and from my experience is when the lilacs start blooming. Yeah, and I think I read online today it's when the ground hits like fifty three degrees in temperature they start popping up like fifty degrees consistently at night, and then. It's got to get pretty warm during the day. Like once it starts hitting 70, 80 degrees, be out there. Yeah. 
and like and like a good like if you don't really want to follow all that stuff like kind of like the more hardcore people like we are kind of follow that but people i know kind of say like generally like mid-april to late april is kind of a good way to like kind of start and just put your boots on the ground yeah yeah um and i pretty much what i base mine uh when i'm gonna go out is i follow this morel page on facebook i don't know if you follow yeah i do yeah and they post often you it's kind of fun watching because they post county by state and it's like you can see the morels creeping up towards iowa just creeping all of a sudden it's the next county and then it's the next county and i don't i mean like maybe people like really aren't experienced with like are exposed to it but i mean there's a lot of people even in that group i think it's like forty thousand people or something crazy <laughs> like that yeah it's a pretty big community and it's and it's fun to watch on there too people will post all the time like hey i'm new to mushroom hunting yeah. uh can anybody i'll pay you to bring yeah. me to your spots and nobody nobody's willing to help out which i understand yeah no i understand too yeah i mean i'm all for helping out new people but once you tell one guy then the next guy's hunting your spot then the next guy's hunting your spot and soon enough you're you've got six people hunting the same spot yeah then that gets burned pretty quick so yeah so keep your keep your spots a secret that's that's pretty big when mushroom hunting or being being successful in mushroom hunting I mean, like, I guess when people think like mushrooms, it's like morels and like what other kind of mushrooms are out there. I mean, there's a lot of variety out there. Yeah. Um, because, because I didn't have much success hunting morels last year, there's a bunch of pheasant backs they're called that grow around where we live. And I experimented with that a little bit and they're pretty meaty. You got to get them when they're really young because I started harvesting the big ones because it was kind of late in the season and I, I wanted some mushrooms. So I had to, I had to settle for something and they just got really meaty and really tough. It's weird. Yeah. I guess I've never really tried them. I guess we'll have to try some this year and look for them. Yeah. I fried them in some butter and I fried the shit out of them. I accidentally (laughs) did, but it was like a fry. It was pretty good. And just put some salt on them. I guess I just kind of wonder like how many people walk by those facts like, Cause they're just like so zoned in on morel. Oh yeah. And they're all over the place too. Yeah. Not, not many people eat them if anybody at all around here. Um, but there's chicken of the woods. I've heard a lot of people. Yeah. I've heard people really rave about that one. Yeah. Supposedly tastes like chicken, yeah, I, guess. I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what people say about everything, but I want to know how much truth there is to that. Yeah. I mean, that's something we'll have to experiment more this year too. I mean, I think you got a blog coming up soon, right? About this topic? Yeah, I'm I'm currently writing a blog. I know more about morel morel hunting than other varieties of mushrooms because like Ethan said, I'm so tunnel visioned on morels. I could be walking past all these delicious and other mushrooms that are edible. There's a lot of poisonous mushrooms out there too, but there's a lot of good edible mushrooms that people just often walk by because they're so tunneled in on morels. I mean, would you still, I mean, I'd probably say that morels are probably still on like top of the pedestal, right? Oh yeah. If you yeah. had a, if you had a morel and chicken of the woods sitting right by each other and someone was like, you can only pick one, I'm yeah. going to pick a morel. Yeah. 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 So but, I think, I mean like, but there is a lot of different other good things out there. Like it just, a morel is at such a next level than everything else out there. Yeah. So I guess in that blog, I'm going to be writing more about different, uh, variety of mushrooms around northern iowa and kind of my research going along with it because i don't know as much 
about those other varieties of mushrooms and we're kind of be learning together. Yeah, exactly. And I think I'm going to take a lot from that too. But, you know, I think when you, if we are successful with harvesting some of that stuff, I think we're going to try to show some videos of us cooking some stuff with that. Yeah, for sure. Because there's a lot of good recipes out there. Oh yeah. There are a lot of good recipes. Yeah. Better than frying and butter, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, better than, yeah. We're pretty basic, but we're going to get a little more experimental this year, I guess. <laughs> that must be a Northern Iowa thing. <laughs> Because everybody fries everything in butter. Yeah. All my all my fish growing up was fried in butter or fried in oil. Yep. And I love baked fish, but I still go back to it. It's, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yep. It's so good. But let's go on to some of the other foraging items around the area. Yeah, some that like aren't necessarily always like in the woods and kind of like in different places than what a normal person would think. Yeah, because like I said multiple times, um, since the last season sucked, it wasn't very good at all. I dove into ramps. I was seeing these things all over the ground, like, and I was on that Facebook page, and someone's like, "Oh, look what I got! Yeah. Uh, a bunch of ramps!" And people were commenting like, "No way! Where's your patch? Where's your patch?" And I was like, "Man, I'm seeing these all over the woods." I passed by a whole big patch of them earlier today, so. I went back out and harvested a bunch of them. Today you did? No, not, oh, not well, today. Oh, I'm, t- I'm talking okay. about like, this okay. was me last oh, okay, okay, season. Yeah. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, not today. Okay. But like, where, what, where do ramps fall on like the taste level or scale with all the other mushrooms? Well, I guess, um, I guess they're better related to like onions because they, they say uh, they have a similar taste of like onions and garlic. Oh, really? In the same uh, bulb, I guess you could say, because they're the bulb kind of looks like a green onion bulb. I don't know if you know no, what I'm talking about. I know about. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And people people often cook the whole leaf and the whole bulb like on the grill. It's really good. Wait, then like what what do they do with it? When, like, they just eat it like that? You just eat it like that. Oh, okay. I thought you, you like I thought you were like using it like as you would an onion. No, I oh. mean I guess you could. Oh, okay. But I. Uh, I made a bunch of ramp butter. Me and my girlfriend did. Butter? Yeah. Compound butter. We, it was, it was something, I think it was salted butter, ramps, and then we put some lemon zest or something in it too. So it's like a lemony, garlicky, oniony butter. What do you use that butter with? Most of the time I, when you grill, you grill a steak and then you put yeah. a little slice of butter over the top. Right. That's what I do, so it just melts over your steak. Oh, okay. And it's really good. Leaves a fresh oniony taste on it. Wow, so you're like really getting like a full use out of the wood. Like <laughs> yeah. full like three sixty of it. Yeah. I mean my goal is to kind of use all of all of the things I hunt for. You know, you get a nice duck breast and cook it up like a steak, and then you take your ramps that you got last season uh foraging made it into butter and now i'm gonna put that butter on my duck that i just killed hey it's like you're living like life below zero in iowa <laughs> yeah like you're i like know living like in it's like a remote alaska <laughs> you're just trying to live off the land yeah it's, <laughs> it's definitely just the start there's way more opportunity just around us than we even know about oh yeah i think there's a lot of stuff that gets overlooked i mean you had like someone like if you interviewed probably like majority of people they probably don't know what a morel is no, or they never even had, or they might know what one is, but they've probably never even tasted one. No, and the thing is, too, someone asked me today, like, well, I don't even think 
they're like, I don't even think morels are that hype. And I was like, and, and I kind of said, I responded as like, well, I guess I could see where you're coming from, but the whole idea of it is, you know, as just as well as I do, you go days on days without finding any morels. And then you're, you keep hunting and hunting and all of a sudden you find them and you're like, oh my God, it's, you treat it like gold. Oh you, yeah. And then you bring it home and enjoy it. It's way, way better than just a morel if you're to buy it from the store. Yeah. I mean, I think that kind of like falls in like the whole thing of like hunting or fishing. Like, yeah, I could go buy a salmon from Walmart or I could go buy duck meat from Walmart, but like, I don't, I don't want to. Like, no, I don't, I know it's like heavily processed and stuff, but like, I like the chase. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, a, lot, and a like, lot of people argue that it tastes the same too. Yeah. And like, I mean, even if like you went out and got morels every day, it probably wouldn't be as fun <laughs> as like those days you go without some. No, I, I probably wouldn't be into it as much as I am. Yeah. I mean, it kind of follows like in the same playing field as like fishing or hunting and all that kind of stuff. It's like the whole like challenge of it. And you're always trying to like get better at it, which may sound like dumb to say but like there is a skill level that comes with this kind of stuff oh yeah i mean if i went out and could catch a million trout every day i probably wouldn't be trout fishing anymore no no yeah exactly be bored with it so yeah it's just one of those things and i don't know if i'd pay 50 dollars a pound for morel mushrooms but yeah yeah but that's what he asked me too and i was like yeah i probably wouldn't pay 50 dollars a pound for him a lot of people do though yeah a lot of people do i mean it's kind of like caviar it's like like a weird (laughs) thing you know it's like weird to think that like people it's like such put on a pedestal than everything else, but it is. Oh yeah. And it's funny, you know, driving to, I have multiple spots that I go looking for them and you know, you drive past one, ah, oh, shoot, there's a person there already. Drive past the next one. Ah, oh, sure. There's a person there. And yeah. you, know, you know, you go past a couple spots to find some, there's a bunch of people always out looking. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's like people are looking for something just to add to their arsenal to do and get them outside. I think, you know, foraging is a very good way to go about doing that. Yeah. Another thing I kind of was out of my elements. My girlfriend one day was like, oh, we should try dandelions. And I'm like, dandelions? What the hell would you want to eat a dandelion for? Yeah, what for? the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've never thought about eating a dandelion, no, I'm sure. I just mowed over them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the only time I ever thought about dandelions. I, <laughs> I always try to get rid of them because mom hates them in the lawn. Yeah. But we went out and we picked the flower part off of it and it was something she saw online or something and we breaded it like you would anything else and then fried it. It was like a fried pickle or something. Wait, really? Yeah. Like it had a pickle taste or no? Not necessarily a pickle taste, but kind of that same. Like kind of like, I know what you're kind of getting along with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just fried it up. You couldn't tell it was a dandelion once you had it all fried up, dipped it in ranch. It was amazing. Did you fry it like you do everything else, like with egg wash and flour and stuff like that? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I guess you could argue that you could fry a turd and it would be good, but <laughs> no, it was something I normally wouldn't do, but it was awesome. I couldn't believe it. The next time I got a bunch of dandelions, just have you come over and cut them? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to come <laughs> harvest your old dandelion patch, but no, if you're ever, if you're ever uh, willing to go out and try something new for anybody, just go out and pick a couple dandelions and fry them up. It's really good. How much are those going for a pound? <laughs> I don't think anybody will pay it for a pound of those. Go out to the county ditch and get a whole bunch of them. Yeah. I, I wouldn't advise picking them from a county ditch. No, though, no, I mean that. With all that spray, chemicals. all those chemicals they spray in there. I guess talking about ditches, I guess that's kind of another thing that you've always done too. Oh, your dad has done with you as well. <laughs> yeah, dad. 
uh ditch asparagus have you have you ever been looking for ditch asparagus no i didn't even know it was a thing that i like i started hanging out with you <laughs> really or like i think i was like going fishing one day and i come across your dad and i was like what's he doing out here he's on like some like low gravel road and he's like oh looking for asparagus and i'm like what? <laughs> yeah. i mean let's go to walmart man like, <laughs> yeah like i didn't know asparagus in these ditches i didn't either dad dad was out with one of his buddies and he brought it he brought some home and I'm like, oh, where'd you get this? Well, like, out in the ditch. Yeah, because I mean, like, this asparagus is like a lot different than what you get at Walmart. Like, it's not taste-wise necessarily, but like, taste they, thickness and like the looks of it. Yeah, because they say, I think the ones you get from Walmart most of the time, they say you, you're not supposed to pick them if they're thinner than a pencil. That's what they always say. And, you know, those farms, they're harvesting and harvesting and harvesting. Yeah. That crown, it's a... Uh, you should see the root, root system on these plants. We recently moved a plant at our house, and it was probably like a two, five, two foot by two foot section, a foot and a half deep. Yeah, it's like a tree root. <laughs> and it was all roots. It was, wow. There was barely any dirt in there. I mean, it was all roots, dead and alive roots. The plant's been there for forever, probably 30 years. Yeah. And we separated a section that big into probably they when i say crowns it's like it's a crown and then it comes off in roots we sectioned it into probably 10 different plants oh wow yeah it's crazy but no getting getting back to the ditch asparagus yeah dad brought it home and i was like you found that out in the ditch and he's like yeah i found it out in the ditch driving around so i'm like i'm gonna go drive around and what you look for is just the dead plants from last year mm-hmm and you got to catch them at the right time, and it's kind of when it starts heating up. But I find more asparagus than I know what to do with. Yeah, I think that's kind of like a sleeper one for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, not many know. I mean, I didn't know that asparagus grew out in the ditch. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, especially like around us, it's like oh, asparagus. Like we talking about corn, soybeans, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of yeah, that's what a lot of people think of when they think of Iowa. But it's it's crazy. You go, there's a lot of good patches. Um anywhere i mean just be on the lookout when you're on the gravel roads i mean it grows there was i was on the interstate i don't know where it was to last year but i probably saw 20 different asparagus plants growing by the interstate you always got your eye in the ditch or something <laughs> yeah. looking around for stuff they were in the median <laughs> that's crazy it was wild i was gonna get out of my car and pick those patches <laughs> put your flashers on just go out and pick them. <laughs> yeah i don't think they'd be very happy with me about that maybe i don't know but have have I ever gave you any ditch asparagus? No, I haven't. I'll have to give you some. You have to try some because I, I feel like it tastes better. You just prepare it the same way you do other asparagus, or y- yeah. yeah, we usually uh grill it in a like a vegetable packet yeah. on the grill, or I know what you're talking about yeah. bake it, wrap it in bacon, and it's super good. And I feel like it's almost better because it's picked at the right time. Yeah, you know, farmers people farming for asparagus, you know, you kind of push the limits of your own plants, I guess you could say, just to get product out there. I don't know how much, yeah. it, how it works, but you know, when you get asparagus and it's a little woody, Yep, yep. this asparagus, it's like, oh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, it just melts in your mouth. Yeah. And like talking about the whole thing with like safety with that, even like you don't really have to, since it is such early spring and like they are, the county is not spraying, like you don't have to worry about chemicals and that kind of stuff. I mean, Obviously, be aware of it. But. Yeah, definitely be aware of it. We we wash all of our asparagus, but 
because you don't want to eat any raw asparagus out of the ditch. You probably don't want to eat anything raw out of the ditch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. You got you got to make sure like when you're doing that kind of stuff, even morels, you know, and all that kind of stuff, you should really take extra precaution with. Yeah, because the morels, especially, you know, they're hollow in the middle all the way up, and be and just wash them out because there's often bugs living them in them or something. They make a good home. Yeah, I mean, it's like that's it's just like a fish fillet or. A duck breast, like you just want to take extra precaution getting all that other stuff that you don't want to eat out of it. Yeah, always wash whatever you forage for. Yeah, that's a good that's a good tip for sure. That's what I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, don't go out and pick a morel and start eating them as you're walking out of the forest. By any means, <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, but I guess going back to morels, I guess we never really covered how you look for them. Oh yeah, like where to look for them and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing to get into because. What did what what did you think when I was like, oh Ethan, let's go morel hunting? Uh, well, that's like the first thing was like, you know, like I've hunted like deer and ducks before. And it's like, oh, well, you look for a sign or you look for the track or this and that. And it's like, what are we gonna look for when we look on a mushroom? <laughs> yeah, it's like what does a mushroom leave behind that I can find? It's like just shitting in the woods. It's not. It's like I don't know what we're looking for, Tyus. <laughs> yeah, I kind of just thought we kind of tromped around looking for wherever we could find one. And being and being that new to it, I remember when I was new to it, it's like, is this a morel? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not a morel. Yeah. Um, but dead elms. And people always ask me, what does a dead elm look like? How would you, how would you describe it as from such a new perspective? Dead tree. <laughs> <laughs> dead tree. Yeah. I guess I guess to add on top of that, dead tree <laughs> with and it kind of looks white. It's hard to tell after it go to rain. Yeah, I still I still have a tough time telling. Like, I do a lot of my mushroom hunting with you, so it's like I'm still really new to it, and like mm-hmm. you kind of help point it out. But yeah, because I know it's often sometimes you're like, is that a is that a mor- or is that a dead elm? And yeah, no, nah, it's not a dead elm. Yeah, you just you just kind of get the eye for it because they are they are a smaller tree, right? Am I thinking correctly? Yeah, most of the elms are. Yeah, because uh, I don't know when it was like what date specifically but it, back then there's a big disease that right, yeah. went through iowa or something killed a bunch of elms off and so there's a bunch of dead elms around yeah that's something like i mean we've had a lot of success around elms like around us but like i've also seen like because i've looked it up before and like you know because you can find morels in a lot of different places throughout the midwest and even as you move out west and like it's kind of a controversial thing on like where you find them some people say certain types of trees like Elms is definitely the most popular one, mm-hmm. but I've heard other people say like other types of trees and other places. And yeah, and I don't, I don't know the specifics of that because remember I was telling you about I was mowing a buddy's lawn. I was just yeah. mowing their lawn, and it was a nice summer day. I was enjoying myself, and all of a sudden I looked down, and there's a smash morella right by me, and I'm like, "What the heck?" So I stopped the lawnmower right there, got out. There's a whole morel patch out in the middle of the lawn. Yeah, which is just super weird. Cause it's like, man, I just spent like five miles yesterday looking <laughs> around for these, and now they're right by my mower. Yeah, like what's going on there? So I'm definitely going back to his house to. Yeah, well, something I was talking about too is like if you do find a patch, like using something like Onyx Hunt or any kind of like mapping something where you can like mark it, they're gonna be there. There's a good chance like that they're gonna be there next year. Like yeah. a lot of your, a lot of your spots you go to, right? are yep. spots that you've harvested before. Yeah, for sure. Like when you say spots, it's kind of like what you're saying more. Yeah. Uh, take note of where you found them the year before because if you treat it right, go back and 
they'll probably be there the next year. I guess like what do you what do you mean when you say treat it right? Like I kind of know, but like for our listeners' perspective, I guess I've always saw on that Facebook page. I don't know what the proper practice is, but a lot of people say cut it off at the stem with a knife. Yeah, because then you're not. I mean, there's not much of a root there. Obviously, it's a mushroom, but then you're not totally ripping that whole mushroom out of the ground. Yeah, and like that's something that's just like it's one of those things like we don't know how much is really behind it or like science but like yeah i just feel like and i don't think many people do no i don't think people do and like just doing stuff like that that can can increase our likelihood like i'm gonna do it and one thing that can increase the likelihood that they'll be there the next year is i will admit sometimes it's a bad habit of just grabbing a plastic bag and going out because it's easy but grab a bag that's got little holes i mean like perforated holes or something. Yeah, yeah. perforated holes, not something that where your mushrooms are going to fall yeah, out of your yeah. bag. But I've seen videos of spores. The mushroom spores are releasing so fast that in a really good quality camera close up, you can see the spores jumping off the mushrooms. Yeah, which is just crazy. So, I mean, you're kind of just, in some ways, you're kind of like uh, planting morales throughout the forest. I mean, yeah, you're just seeding. Yeah, seeding the forest. Essentially yeah. seeding the forest as you're walking, yeah. looking for more morels. And like something else, like, you know, that just things that we do to increase our likelihood. It's definitely like not like a bunch of like hard firm science behind all this stuff. But no, because I've probably been morel hunting for, I don't know, 10 years. I do it a lot by myself because, like I said, I have a hard time telling people where my spots are. I think you're the first friend that I brought out to my spots. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's definitely fun being with another person having an extra set of eyes because yeah. we're both honest about it. I'm not going to keep mushrooms yeah. from you or if I find 40 of them, I'm not going to leave you with nothing, you right. know? So yeah. just, it's honest work. Yeah. I mean, that's something that like, yeah, it's not like you're just giving me like, Hey, Ethan, like go look over there while I harvest these mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. And definitely looking out for the right elements in the woods and treating the mushrooms right. I would say, is giving yourself a better chance of finding more mushrooms in the future. Yeah, I mean, that just kind of comes back to like, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that you can eat and that a lot of stuff that will just improve your cooking mm-hmm. while using some of that foraging material that you are getting from the forest. I mean, I mean, like what you said before, like it is just kind of like a full encompass of like you harvesting meat, but you're also like harvesting like vegetables too. Yep. And like other kind of uh, fun guy and stuff. And I guess that going off of treating all these items right, another thing with the ramp patch is you don't want to, don't don't harvest all that ramp, the whole patch totally out because otherwise they're not going to be there the next year. You know, if you find a patch, maybe grab a couple and move on to the next patch. There's going to be another one. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter of keeping keeping these plants where they're at they're gonna reproduce and they're gonna treat you right if you treat them right how about like i know like we don't have like this is all like really like secular perspective but like do you think there's like a lot of morales like 100 years ago oh i don't know because like if there wasn't so much of like what we're doing to the environment and stuff that like maybe there were morales back then or that's a that'd be fun to look into yeah because i've heard stories of when I was first getting into it, I've heard stories of guys going to a patch and they'll find upwards of a hundred morels in one patch. 
yeah and like i don't know how to say this i don't think it's necessarily like a matter of like conservation by any means i think it's like less like like more of like a habitat loss yeah less place for them to grow more so and it, it makes me wonder is it that or is it like that mysterious factor that we've talked about you yeah. don't you don't know if there's gonna be 40 there or two right yeah or zero <laughs> yeah or zero <laughs> yeah it's crazy because Another thing, if you find a morel out in the woods, don't stop looking. There, oh. there's definitely going to be another one there. Yeah, and like this is like when, you, and like it might sound weird, but like you kind of want to be on your hands and knees, like you know, slowly like pushing stuff around, like being really diligent because, like you've said it before, like how many have you stepped on? Oh, multiple. Yeah, and it just pisses you off. Yeah, that's just like crushing you. Yeah, because like we said, it's like gold, and yeah, watch where you're stepping when you you find that first mushroom. Mm-hmm. Because there's multiple around you. I think, you know, that's something else we're just going to start, you know, I think I really want to show that, like, because I think you, you do a lot more forging than I do and a lot more than, like, probably even most to the average person who are under 65 years old every time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, I mean, like, I think we should definitely start showing some of that stuff you're cooking up and yeah, what you're doing with it. It'd be fun to <clears throat> show on our channel us using... Maybe we go out and shoot an elk. Yeah. Us using that meat and cooking a dish with it involving ramps or maybe maybe even some wild berries we find out in the woods. There's a lot of wild berries that grow around here. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Because on one of one of the islands at a local lake of ours, there's a plum tree on it. Yeah, which is just weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. When uh, the retired guy who lived next to my grandpa, he always used to bring me Island Island and we were getting a little snackish. We'd go to the island and get a plum. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. I guess um, you've been forging a lot longer than I have, so I guess I don't have any really great stories to share, but like, do you have any stories to share about just forging in general or anything funny to share, cool experiences out there? Um, I guess a cool experience was when you, like I said, when you find your first mushroom, it's like, I don't know, you're on top of the world. I remember I was really little and my grandpa's, my grandpa's neighbor said to me, he's like, you want to go mushroom hunting? And I was like, mushroom hunting? Yeah. What's mushroom hunting? And I thought, oh, this is, this is going to suck. So we go out on the boat and go to, <clears throat> go to a local spot. And when you find that first mushroom, like I said, it was on top of the world. I looked here and there's another one. I looked to the right and there's another one. And then I walked two steps further and there's 30 more. Yeah. And the biggest patch I probably found was, probably 30 or 40 mushrooms and I was really young. I mean, it was amazing. It was. Would you put that experience like at the same level, of, like you shooting your first deer or like duck hunting or is it like, is it that high of a high for you or not? Uh, for me, it's pretty close. Yeah. I, I don't know how it rates with other people. Like what do you, th- what do you think of when you found your first mushroom? I, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, definitely. Cause like, but I don't think I put enough boots on the ground to like really get into it. Like, you know, like with deer hunting, like I'm still looking for my first deer. So like, you know, like that first is really gonna be special because all the time I've been in the woods. Where like when the first time we went, it was like within the first or second time we got lucky. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like I don't feel like I really earned it. So maybe the more I do it, and the probably seems counterintuitive to say, but like the less success I have, maybe the more I'll like it. So. Yeah, because it's definitely a different high. Because I would say catching you know it's a tough day on the stream and you finally catch that trout yeah that, that's a different high than it's a been a tough day out in the woods and then finally late season you get that buck yeah or something but to me it's it's all a really good 
I guess you could say hi. Like I feel on top of the world when I finally find that first mushroom for the year, but it's also, I w I don't know. I would, I'd say that first duck of the year is way better than finding a mushroom, but yeah, but like, since it's the season, yeah. I just love it. I can't get enough of it. I think this is like something that's like really important to say is like it kind of encompasses you as like a full outdoorsman in some ways. I mean, like I think people think that outdoorsmen like hunting and fishing, which is like, yeah, it's a big part of it. But like there's this whole other world out there. It's like called foraging. Yeah. And like knowing how to like identify that stuff and how to like make use of it. Because there are so many more plants that we did not discuss that you can eat around here. Like I have a foraging book that it has cattails in it. Yeah, yeah. You can eat a cattail? Yeah, which is... I seems, haven't done much research on it, but... Yeah, I mean, like, I was actually reading that meat eater, like, wilderness survival book that he just released, and, like, he had, like, a whole, like, a 40 pages talking about stuff you could eat, like, in a survival situation. Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that stuff. Like, it's pretty crazy. But. No, and it's, it's, mo it's a lot of it's stuff that I want to research, and definitely I want to try. I mean, even if it sucks, I'm not going to go out and get it again but at least i tried it because there are so many different things that we can eat around here yeah i just feel like it's like a lot of things it's like public perception of certain things that you know like oh morels really aren't that good because they're not being farmed or this and that like no they are still really good like that local restaurant and fertile i can't oh i know what you're talking about yeah but they i was told that they take in like foraged items and they cook with those items. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. You know, you can eat a thistle. No, I didn't know that. No. I didn't either. Yeah. Apparently you can eat them and they're great. Huh. I don't, I don't, I'd never thought about that. Cause that's one of those things you had to put a glove on just to get it out of your garden. Right. And yeah. you're going to stick it in your mouth. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I think that's just something that's like, it kind of opens your world up to a whole different, like a whole new world, really. Like, yeah. it's like, I mean, like from like a little, I've done a foraging Probably like especially like what you've done. It's kind of really opened your eyes to the outdoors. Yeah. And like what's really out there. It's made it's definitely made me respect it more. Yeah. Because there's so much there's so much more that the woods has to offer that than just deer. Yeah, deer, waterfowl, or like this and that. It's like it's not just a meat ecosystem by any means. Yeah. Like I love my meat just as much as the next guy, yeah. but this is Foraging for me is definitely something to do in the off season. I don't, yeah, I don't have much going on for the outdoors in the spring other than maybe turkey hunting. Yeah, so this is a way of me getting out in the woods. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, just a a cool way to get out in the woods, and it's just a good way for vegans to start hunting. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> I guess if you want to put you, like want that whole experience, like where you go out and get something, but like you don't have to worry about meat, like. Yeah, that's, Start with foraging, I guess. That's another thing. I guess hunting doesn't always get a bad name. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm hunting for mushrooms or yeah. hunting for ramps. Yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the day, it still is really hunting. I mean, there's a reason they don't call it. People always say, well, it's the reason it's called a fishing, not catching. I mean, there's a reason why it's called mushroom hunting and not mushroom finding by a lot yeah, of means. Yeah, and if you disagree with that statement that, oh, that's not hunting, go out and look for morel mushrooms on your own, not with a guy who been looking for him for 20 years yeah it's tough it's it is, tough out there it's really tough and like thing is like i mean the thing that always gets me is like i'm out there one day walk a bunch and i always think to myself i was like but these spots i walk there's probably gonna be some tomorrow that i didn't walk you know just like it's yeah. always like that back thought in my head to where like i'm always wondering about what's gonna be out here tomorrow when i'm not here 
and it's weird too like you go to one set of woods your favorite spot and you always find mushrooms there and then you go to a different spot and it's like same conditions ton of dead elms grounds moist it's warm but there's no mushrooms yeah i don't i don't get that no i i, I don't get it either because it feels just like ideal condition but i guess one last thing i talk about is like in the springtime there's a lot of dicks out there yeah there like is we've i've found quite a few dicks on me out there and i'm sure you have too don't kill possums yeah don't they kill eat, possums they yeah. eat tons of ticks look yeah. it up they i i don't know what i saw like thirty thousand ticks a year yeah i mean like i know every time you walk in the woods or i walk in the woods we're always spraying like that d yeah just like i oh. use i use 100 percent d and yeah. it's really bad for, it's really bad for your skin if you are going to spray it on spray it on over clothes mm-hmm. like i would recommend jeans out there don't go wearing shorts out into the woods yeah and spray that deed on from all the way from your boots up to your hips yeah i wouldn't really say you don't have to spray much on your arms but yeah just walking through the woods you know you might brush off one off a branch and it gets onto your pants or something yeah and i i think it's definitely worth it out like that some of the people I know who are really hardcore about it, they wear actually like full sleeve white t-shirts because yeah. it's really easy to identify those ticks on you. And I've been out when it's really bad. Yeah, That was the same day I found that turkey hunter because we watched pro- or we walked probably a hundred yards across this like hay field or something. Saw that turkey hunter. It ruined his hunt. It ruined <laughs> our hunt. Yeah. So we're walking back and I looked down at my pants and swatted one tick looked at the other pant leg, swatted another tick, looked down at my ankles. There's like six more ticks down there. Yeah. So we went back to his grandpa's place and I went in the bathroom and took off my pants. They were inside my jeans. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) I've never had that many. Like usually when I have a tick encounter, it's like one, but never like that. That was my craziest (laughs) tick encounter. And they carry a lot of diseases. So watch out for those guys. Yeah. I just, it's just another thing to be conscious about. I mean, I'm not trying to scare anybody away by any means, but. Taking no. some of those extra precautions really do make the experience a lot more enjoyable. It's definitely the things you can't see that'll get you. Yeah, I definitely don't want. I mean, like, I'm not trying to say every time you're gonna go out there, you're gonna get Lyme disease and eat a poisonous <laughs> mushroom. By any means. No, but. but definitely if you're out in the woods in the springtime, uh, or even anytime, just go home, check check all your crevices, and have someone else run through your hair because they like to hide where it's warm. Yep. I guess you have anything else to add, Ty? Or? No, that's pretty much it. That pretty much covers what I know about foraging. Yeah. So I guess uh, be on the lookout for Ty's new blog coming out and some of the new content we have coming out with uh, cooking videos when it comes to foraging season. And happy foraging, guys. Yeah, happy foraging. Thanks for listening.